I love giving people hope again, that they can enjoy their space, not perfection, but they can enjoy their space and they get to take back control and say, I don't want this item or I do want this item, but it's going to be over here. Having those options to choose instead of just being so frozen by stuff. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband in Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be opened, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband in Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. I have a very clear memory of when I left Steve and moved into my own space after we separated. We'd been living in Oklahoma and I drove home to Boise where Steve and I owned a small home and Penny and I moved in, me and my two-year-old daughter. It was actually the first time I'd lived on my own ever in my life. And so I remember going through and deciding, you know, what things do I want to keep? What brings me joy? What things do I need to let go of to be able to move on from this relationship that I just had. And it was a very healing experience. It was so therapeutic and it honestly brought me a lot of joy. And yes, there were moments that were hard of navigating, you know, this thing used to bring me joy and now it doesn't anymore. And how do I feel about that? And what things do I think should bring me joy? But now they bring up hard feelings. And so today I am super excited to bring in an organization coach Abigail Ness, who is going to help you start working through this process. And this is relevant whether you are going through a separation or a divorce, or maybe you have recently lost a family member, or maybe you are just ready to start organizing your house and take your life back, like clear out that clutter. No matter what it is, today we have Abigail Ness here who's going to share her stories of how she became an organization coach and what she is up to now and give you all of the tips and tricks so that you can get started. Hope you enjoy. Okay, my friends, I am super excited for this episode. As you know, I just introduced Abby, but while she's sitting here with me to tell you how awesome she is and how excited I am to have her, she just has such a bright personality. You really do, Abby. Thank you. <laughs> and you always make me feel so good. We were actually just talking about this. <laughs> but that's a gift to be able to make other people feel seen and like loved. And thank you for always doing that for me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for being awesome. <laughs> Making it easy. <laughs> it's nice when people feel mutual about things like that. Like It's just great. So I'm glad you're in my circle. Okay, Abby. Tell us a little bit about who you are. And when I say little bit, you are welcome to tell us as much as you want. And what brought you to what you do today? Oh, thank you again for having me on today. I'm completely honored. You are such, and I would say, like I was saying earlier, I'm totally fangirling you because I've been following you a while and I just love what you're doing. So thank you for what you're doing. So I have enjoyed organizing and decluttering for my entire life. So I always like to give the example of I thought I would do a better job at a vacuum than an actual vacuum. So I was a little girl and I would be crawling all around the carpet and picking up little things and like, I can do this better than a vacuum, <laughs> of course, right? So it's been kind of in my mindset for a long time. And I would even like drop designs for my bedroom and say my bed would be so much better over here, my desk over here, so I could have my stuffed animals over here and just be more organized. So as I grew up, my dad is an entrepreneur. He has been for almost his whole adulthood. 
And he would always encourage us of, hey, whatever you guys want to do, follow your dreams. And throughout all my jobs, I would always find some way to either organize or declutter in some way because I couldn't Mm. not do it. So then, you know, I would just keep doing that throughout the high school and young adult. And then my dad really noticed that when I was working for him at his company. And he's like, you should start a company doing what you love and what you're passionate about. I'm like, no, dad, I got this. I want to be a career woman and, you know, work in a huge, tall building. And I kind of went that route. And I loved working on my career and working at a bank and doing that life. However, I started to realize after I was putting my life back together after I had an awful ex-boyfriend and abusive and I was then thousands of dollars in debt from school or from college and I was pretty much not human anymore because I was Mm -hmm. just broken and I was demolished after that relationship and then I went to another relationship afterward and I just I didn't know who I was anymore so after those just that rubbish season I was finally I got a stable job I was starting to pay off debt and I was visiting my parents' lodge up in Alaska, and they had built that from the ground up, literally with mm-hmm. their bare hands. And they have people come from all over to stay there and, and to bless them and to entertain and to just live out their dream and their passion. And not necessarily that I have to build a lodge in the middle of Alaska, <laughs> but I just realized that, wow, look at what they have put together with their love for each other, their dreams, and they're building their business. What could I do? to help people, number one, but that I'm passionate about. And then, of course, my my dad's like, well, you could do that business, you know, in a respectful <laughs> way, because he knew that, you know, I was putting mm-hmm. my life together, but I was wanting something more. So I started the company and I was so scared. I was like, well, what is it? I had this whole long list, of course, of being OCD tendencies. I had this whole long list of like, what about this? And all these questions I need to answer and all this. But I was like, no, I'm going to start it anyway. And I had already had pages and pages of ideas from years before that. So I started the business and it was extremely helpful. I was able to, it was a little extra income to help get out of debt. And then when I did get out of debt, I was kind of following the Dave Ramsey plan and loved what he was doing. And then, you know, I posted something on my Instagram page and just, oh, I'm debt free, you know, that kind of thing. And then uh, I tagged Dave Ramsey. So then he posted my picture on his Uh, page. And then, you know, I got some really cool feedback. And I was just like, wow, that's really encouraging. And then CNBC, the Acorn division reached out to me. and They're like, I want to write an article about how you got out of debt. You started your company, you were in college, you know, just all this stuff. So they wrote an article about me on that too. And, and that's what just kind of brings me to here of just, it was such a trail of tears, but stepping out into the company and starting to build that. I mean, I didn't have all the answers. And Mm -hmm. Thank goodness I still don't because there's still such a a, a ways ahead, you know, of mm-hmm. life and figuring it out. But then it was cool because I was able to build it to a really uh, a good spot. And so almost two years in October, I left my corporate day job that I ever so wanted to hold on to forever. But there was that transition that came. I just knew I needed to have more and not necessarily more money, more freedom because that mm-hmm. those things are great, but that's not the end all be all. And so I left working for the corporate day job and I, during the pandemic and I leaped out, I'm like, I don't know what this is going to be like, but I know I need to try. And I like, man, if it fails, if I, you know, drain my accounts after a year or whatever, then at least I tried and at least yeah. I, I gave it my all. So, and 
here I am still with the company, you know, my company going with it full time and loving it. (laughs) That is so awesome. Thank you. So do you feel like in this process, you have found more of who you are? In a different way than I would have imagined, because at first, you know, I, I loved where I was at and I loved working at the job and start doing my company and getting out of debt. And then I, you know, moved to downtown Boise and I was just, and I was single for six, seven years. So I was just living my life and I was, Mm -hmm. you know, traveling and just doing all the things. But then as I made the big transition to leap into doing it full time, it brought out a whole nother side of me that it was a difficult level on a whole nother level. Because before I was like, you know, in the corporate setting, and there's obviously many difficulties that come with that. But now I was like, it's all my decisions. Mm-hmm. And a difficulty arose that I I get scared when I have to make all the decisions. Mm-hmm. I love doing that. But I now it's at a whole nother level. And it's it's my income that's in not jeopardy, but it's not just, oh, am I, you know, yeah. my corporate day job, what I do there. But no, like my future is mm-hmm. on the line. You know, if I don't work, I don't, I can't eat kind of thing. And so it brought out a side of me that just, it, it was more scary. I was, I tell people that I've never been so scared crapless or, <laughs> but yet so excited at the same time. Yeah. Like, how does that even work? Like, how do those two <laughs> things happen at the same time? I don't know, but it did. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, I absolutely found another side of myself. It's still a challenge to make sure I don't stay in that spot of just mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't do this. I have to make all the decisions. Well, yeah, you're an entrepreneur. You, yeah. That's part of what you leaped into is you get to make these decisions. So, oy, that was, yes, a whole nother level of finding out of who I am. <laughs> it's such an interesting process to go through of yeah. doing your own thing and having, mm-hmm. I mean, you do have all these things that you know you should do or that you think you should do or whatever. And then you just have to go yeah. because you're never going to have it all in place. <laughs> nope. It's like just dive in. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, I should have done that. But it doesn't matter. I, you're doing yep. the thing and now you get to do it. You just keep learning and growing. <laughs> yep. So that's life. <laughs> it's such life. Oh, my gosh. And it's, oh, and there's so many of those things that come up that are so like the only word that comes to mind is like disgusting. Like, oh, my mm-hmm. gosh, I don't want to do this. It's so annoying or like, ew, I don't, I don't want to do that. But like, well, and some of it, maybe you don't have to because you're your own boss. But some of it's like, no, pull up your big girl panties and you're going to do it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So why do you love organizing and decluttering so much? Like, what is it in you Mm -hmm. that feels so good? I love helping people get free from the control and the hold that stuff has on people. Mm-hmm. I I love the organizing and making things look beautiful. That's a part of the process, but the process begins inside someone. Because mm-hmm. unfortunately, well, I say unfortunately, because not everyone wants to hear that answer, but the answer is in the mirror. That stuff didn't get there because the air blew it in. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff got there because we placed it there or the family or who was ever in the home or or whatever it would be. But I love watching the process that people go through of they might be scared. They might be really heartbroken because of someone that passed away, their parent. I've I've helped multiple people with loved ones that have passed away and they've had to go through the boxes that were left over. And they're just like, I can't I can't do it. I can't even look at the box. I can't even open it. And so watching even from that level to someone ha- that has a closet 
that might just be like a portion of the closet is just, mm-hmm. you know, clutter or, you know, piles. And they're like, I can't even bring myself to touch that pile, even if it's just their clothes. Yeah. And not referring to someone that's passed away. It is the hold that stuff can have on people is so deep. And it might be a past trauma. It might be fear. It might be, I mean, there's so many things that come in to that reason, but watching that transformation with people, oh, it's so like they can breathe again. And it, I just, I love giving people hope again, that they can enjoy their space, not perfection, but they can enjoy their space and they get to take back control and say, I don't want this item or I do want this item, but it's going to be over here or right. Like having those options to choose instead of just being so frozen by stuff. I love that. And sometimes we just need that other person there to guide us through that process. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things I'm thinking about is, as you know, I work with women who experience crisis in their relationship. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes that leads towards a divorce or separation of some sort. And they have to go through this process of figuring out what stays, what goes. And I remember this. I told you I cry. (laughs) I remember packing up and leaving my first husband and like, I had a pod and mm-hmm. I had ordered it two days before when I'd been out of town. I come home and I pack up this pod of stuff and like go through like, what do I actually need? Uh, I have a two-year-old daughter and just doing that process and then moving home and then also going through that again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Once I'm there, like what of these things do I actually want to keep? And there were moments that were so fun and exciting of having my own space and that freedom, you know, of putting in whatever I wanted. And then there's also this painful process of like, I love this item, but do I want to keep it because of what it represents? So as you are going through and helping individuals figure out what stays and what goes, do you have a tip for how you kind of navigate that? Like, what are things to hold on to? I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah, it's so painful. And I, I've i never gone through that specific experience of mm-hmm. a divorce. But what our emotions go through are we start to look at stuff at times for answers and for, mm-hmm. you know, clinging on. And that's at times why people become hoarders is because something so drastic happened that was out of their control. But at least with stuff, they can physically control it. They can physically mm-hmm. see it in their home. So they go from one extreme to losing everything and they, you know, a family member or, you know, just someone and then they don't have it. And then they have all this stuff in their home because at least that they can control. So yeah, I like to bring the opportunity to my clients and not, I'm definitely not the person that tries to convince them of, you can only have three forks and you can only have, you know, five (laughs) shirts. And Hey, if, if someone wants to go that route, that's great. But the goal isn't to have a number in the home or the the space. So I, I walk people through to not answer their questions for them, but I, I welcome them into a process of, you know, okay, so why are you keeping it? Well, I'm keeping it because it was a gift. I have to keep it. Okay, that's understandable. <laughs> I have to. Right, right. Those are red flags. <laughs> yeah. I have to or I should. And so when I kind of start opening up that door with them, they start to say, well, you know, it, it's from someone that passed away or it's from an ex, you know, relationship. And I just start asking them more questions of like, okay, well, is this something that you would like to display in your home? Do you want to see what it represents? What does it actually represent? And so they kind of start digging into themselves as to what the item is meaning and representing. 
And unfortunately, it's not just like a one specific tip, no. except for it's it's questioning it. And I'm realizing more and more as I mean, I've been doing this for over five years. But when I give them the power, when I allow them an opportunity to question the item, because for so long, we've been viewing stuff and gifts and things as we can't question them. Well, I have to keep that because I spent such and such amount on it. I have to keep it because my mom gave it to me or it's my aunt's aunt's twice removed cousins, right? And and we don't even allow ourselves to dig into why. And I, I'm sure as with the process mm-hmm. that you've gone to through is once you're starting to look into those deep places, that's when you get the answers. So the main process for that is allowing people to look at that. And I, and I've had some clients that are like, well, what do you mean? Like I, it, it's my mom's, I have to keep it. I was like, well, have you asked her if, if she wants you to keep it? Well, no. Okay. Well, maybe just ask her because clearly that item is not something that you're wanting to hold anymore. Is it adding value to you? Is it bringing something into your life that is helping you move forward? Is it holding you back? Is it only there out of guilt? Because if we have a relationship as based out of guilt, if we have food based out of guilt, none of that's healthy ever when anything is based in guilt. And so it is with stuff. So that's a tip of the iceberg about the process. <laughs> you gave us so much there, though. That's so yeah. powerful. And it's, I'm de- like, it's deep. <laughs> you're, and it, this is what it comes back to, like, for so many things in our lives of whether it's organizing or decluttering mm-hmm. or like I think of loving our bodies and accepting our bodies and all of this. It's not about like the workout. It's mm-hmm. about the actual of what we want. Are we actually really wanting to look a certain way? Is that what's important mm-hmm. or is it the health that's important? And the mental part behind loving our bodies is ultimately what it comes down to of how we think about our bodies. And it's the same Mm -hmm. idea that, you know, we should on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) I should keep that like you're saying. I have to. I should. I need to. When really we open up that space and I'm just like, you're like an organizing coach. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And that's kind of where I'm going into. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. And these are the Mm -hmm. questions like you just gave people this great list of questions to ask themselves as they're going through this process. And it is, you said at the very beginning, it's an opportunity. And I love that because it is. I think we think of things as tasks or they're hard or heavy or whatever. And I'm like, okay, let's look at this as an opportunity. Mm -hmm. How can you see this as an opportunity? How can you see it as a gift? And sometimes it takes us time to get there because (laughs) we might be angry that we have to go through this process, especially like in the death of a loved one. Or if we're moving out because we're getting a divorce or separation, we're probably mad or frustrated or upset. But then seeing, okay, this is a gift of I get to now figure out what I want Mm -hmm. and see what it is I want and identify the things I want in my life. So I love that. And like... I'm sitting here looking at this. I'm like, we need to just take this list of questions and make a little workbook out of it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Drop it in. This might be in the show notes by the time this drops to you, (laughs) that there will be a list of these questions so that if you're decluttering on your own, here are some things to ask yourself when you come to objects that you feel like that you say in your head, I have to or I should. Those are things that are red flags, like you said, red flags in coaching, red flags in anything (laughs) of like when somebody says I have to or I should, I'm like, what? Do you? Do you? Why is that? Tell Why me. Is that? Tell me more. <laughs> and, and I love that process because that or when 
people do start to say that because then I not challenge them in a, an unhealthy way, but I yes. I get to ask them, well, why is it? Like, did someone tell you that? Are you, mm-hmm. did you see that somewhere? Like, expound more on that. Yes. <laughs> no, challenging. I think that's why people ultimately hire somebody to help them is because they need the challenge. Yes. They need somebody to look at it differently than we can. And that's the beauty of bringing in a coach, yep. an organizing coach. That's yep. what I'm now going to call you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay. So one more question before we go is just like if you had advice for somebody who's starting to organize their house, who's like, I want to organize and it feels so overwhelming. And honestly, my house is pretty organized, but I feel this right now. I'm like, I am so busy and there are things I want to organize and do. But I'm like, how do I make it feel a little less overwhelming? Do you have any mm-hmm. a tip or a couple of tips for that? Absolutely. The power of one. Okay. That's how marathons are one. I mean, I've never ran one, but I know you you keep making those steps one step after another or the leaps or, you know, running. Yeah. And so I always like to mention like start with one, one drawer, one closet. I suggest not doing a, I'm going to do all three rooms in, you know, four hours. Like, well, (laughs) I suggest just starting with some space that you can actually do. Okay. I have a half hour. What can I do? Okay. This portion of my desk, this portion of my drawers or closet, that way you're giving yourself that, again, that opportunity to start just focusing on that space. And sure, my whole house is crazy or, you know, this space is crazy. But when we can focus in on and being okay with just working on that space, because we're not going to perfection, and eventually you will get to the spot in your home that you love, but then seasons happen and life happens, and maybe you'll have to do that drawer again, but it gives you an opportunity to choose that one space. And then once that's done, oh gosh, that's so nice. And reminding yourself of, okay, I, I did that one drawer. That's awesome. I'm making a step forward. The marathon is long and it's hard, but I will eventually get there if I keep making that step forward. So yeah. And then when you're going through that one area, that one space, one item at a time, you might say, oh, there's, you know, 40 shirts I have to go through in that one space I have, but just go to one shirt and do the question or go through the questions I was mentioning and allow yourself to, okay, do I like this? How does it feel? Or even if it's the junk drawer, why do I have this in here? Do I need it in here? Do I really need it in here? And, you know, start going through those questions because that way it gives your your mind and your heart because, again, the answer is inside you. So if you're going through that stuff and you're realizing like, oh, you know what? I'm feeling a lot of anxiety on this. Why is this so hard? Well, because I I was told, I again, I had to have a junk drawer when I was growing up and it has to be crazy. Okay, well, what would you like the junk drawer to be like? you know, to start having those conversations with you and the stuff, because the stuff has been impacting your, your home, your mindset, your stress levels, your feng shui, whatever your atmosphere, energy, whatever word you want to use, it impacts all of that. Mm -hmm. So as you start to ask those questions and have that conversation with the stuff, it's not a human being, but it still has a power in some way. Oh yeah. So (laughs) start asking and telling that thing, no, stapler, you're going to be in the office. You don't need to be in the kitchen. And this is where I'm going to put you. <laughs> so, And it might be sound silly, but at least you're starting in that process. Because then when you go to the next closet or the next drawer, you're like, okay, I finished that other drawer. Now we're going to do this one. Yeah. And you start to see the snowball effect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I always tell people when I feel overwhelmed and feel like there's just too much to do and so I don't do anything. Yes. This is what I tell them. I'm like, pick one thing that feels Mm. doable. It doesn't have to be the right thing. It doesn't have to be the best thing. Mm. Just pick one. You just pick one. That feels good (laughs) and start there, do it. And usually it does create that momentum that we need. So I love that. Thank you for that. Yeah. This also, I feel like, goes back to learning how to trust yourself. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That's what you're saying. Like, we know (laughs) what we feel. And this is like a very safe place to start learning how to trust ourselves again. And especially when you've been through betrayal or crisis, we feel like I saw the red flags. I didn't trust myself. How can I trust myself now? Like, how am I ever going to trust myself again? And you might relate to that after going through a hard relationship. Yes. Abusive (laughs) relationship of like, We question ourselves and we were told in a hard relationship to question ourselves like we we were never right or whatever. This is a great process to realize, to listen to yourself again mm-hmm. of like, what do I actually feel about this? And how do you feel in your body about this item? And like all of those things, create a relationship <laughs> with it. And if it's yeah. not a healthy relationship... It's yeah, out. It's out. Absolutely. That's oh, so true. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing those. Those yes. are going to be such powerful points for everybody. And if you guys want more tips and to learn more from Abby, Abby, where can they find you? Absolutely. So on my website, organizedbyabby.com, and I offer a lot of tips and tricks on my social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. But I also have a monthly newsletter that I send out as well that people can sign up for free to get those tips and tricks every month. Yeah, I need to get on that. I'm actually not. Oh, which for, okay, surprises <laughs> me. How am I not? Um, I need to get on there because this is on my list of things to do during the summer oh, is to start like one room, Jessica, or one closet. Yes. <laughs> I just did my dresser recently. So Good. I took your advice one thing oh, at a time. Love it. Thank you for following your heart and showing up for people who need this help. Like it's a game changer for not just how your home looks, but how it feels and how you feel. Mm -hmm. It impacts so much. And I think sometimes we negate how powerful it is. So thanks for doing that and for doing the work you do. Absolutely. Thank you. Awesome. (laughs) Thanks. All right, my friend, if you need more from Abby, please, please, please go sign up for her email list. It is full of all of the things you need to be able to get organized. She sends out tips and tricks for organizing your home, organizing your life, and it's such a great free resource. You can also get a free consultation with her and as well as check out her supply list and list of hacks that she has and her Pinterest board of organizing tips. She has so many resources for you and you can follow her on Instagram, on Facebook, on YouTube, Anywhere that feels convenient and safe for you, please know everything is in the show notes. So all of those links are there for you. And I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode with Abby and that it'll get you thinking about what things in your life maybe need to go, or maybe there's something you need to add and bring into your home. Whatever it is, take that action, do that thing. Sending you so much love and we'll be back next week.